Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Francesca, I'm a teacher and tutor with The Demon, and I'm here with Omar, a former student um, who is going to tell us about his LSAT journey. Omar, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. What about yourself? Great, thanks. Great to have you on. Um, so Omar, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you started out with your LSAT journey? Give us the 50,000 foot view first. So where you started out and where you ended up, and then we'll dig into it. Alrighty, so started off back in 2022 in January. I knew I wanted to take the LSAT, but I had absolutely no idea what to do. So I started off reading books, as silly as that sounds, for a whole month. I'm like, let me get my reading comprehension up. And uh, that was a bad idea. So from Jan from the first week of January to the last week, I was like, okay, I'm reading a bunch of books, whatever, for leisure. So then January 28th, I take a practice um, diagnostic, like on Khan Academy, doing absolutely, like without no prior knowledge on the LSAT. Take it, I uh, get a 133. I was like, wow, you know, my life is over. I'm not going to law school. I can, you know, I, I started searching up the meeting at LSAT around the regional schools around in Chicago, and it was nowhere near 133. I'm not even sure if you go to a law school with a 130. So uh, a few months go by, and I've been using other prep companies. The issue I had with other prep companies is that they're very mechanical. Like, it, it just, I don't think in a mechanical sort of fashion. I'm not no engineer or anything. So I just couldn't think that way. So, um, lo and behold, I was browsing Reddit and, you know, Reddit defends either this prep company or another prep company. And then I kept hearing the demon, demon, demon. I'm like, man, what is this stuff? So I signed up for the demon. And since then my mind, like my mind is blown. I was like, wow, what, what, what have I been doing the last three months? I wasted my time, whatever. I started with the demon in about March of 2022. First mistake I made, I had a test scheduled for June without, mm -hmm. you know, without even knowing what my score was, whatever. And then one day I was in a class with, uh, I think Ben or Nathan, I can't really remember. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I have a test scheduled. And they're like, why do you have a test scheduled? I'm like, oh, you know, it's just a timeline. And then, you know, uh, they, they ate me up in that class. You know, I was like, oh God, these people are nuts, but I, I actually appreciate the tough love. So I canceled that test and then I took a PT, you know, I think it was April 7th. I remember that day because it's my mom's birthday. I was like, okay, I'll take the June test back score over 150. Took a, took a PT on April 7th. I scored a 147. I was like, oh God. And I, I was all over the place. My logical reasoning was, was pretty low. I, you know, when you're at 147, everything's all over the place. You really can't, yeah. you know, you're not scoring great in one section and, you know, fucking up in other sections. So then... I was okay. I got to go back to the drawing board. And I met this, uh, I met Dylan in uh, on the demon and me and him worked together oh, twice a week or once a week or something with logical reasoning. And he transformed the way I think. And, you know, ever, ever since then, my lot, my, I hated logical reasoning and I love logic games and reading comprehension is a whole other story. We don't need to get into, but, um, logical reasoning became my favorite section. So, you know, I'm PTing, whatever, and, you know, I'm still stuck. I'm still at 153, 155, and I'm like, man, no, you know, what's going on? What's going on? So I realized, I, you know, I started doing a few things differently, started attending more classes, and then thanks to the demon, I met four students. Shout out Dale, Paige, Jenna, and Monica. And, you know, we, we attended all the class together and we're like, okay, guys, we have the same goals in, in mind. Let's just study together every single day. So we made a group chat and we take a time section in the morning, for example, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And since we're all over the country, we'd review it around 4 p.m. Eastern time or something. We do that every day, attend different classes. 
And, you know, once you're discussing, once you're teaching somebody, especially those who are using a demon too, your scores dramatically just go up. Like they're just going up. So at this point I didn't ha I had a test day in mind, even though once again, I shouldn't have done this. I think it was August. I was like, Oh, you know, I'm studying, I'm studying from March to August. That's such a long time. And every attorney I was talking to is like, Oh yeah, three months, you know, it's way more than enough. What are you doing? But what they didn't mention is that they paid sticker price to regional schools and schools that you shouldn't even pay sticker price to, you know, you could justify paying sticker to Harvard. Sometimes you can't even justify it, but anyway, they paid sticker prices for all the schools they attended. And I, I was like, man, I really can't take their advice. So I'm going to keep studying, you know, and keep going on and on. So August, I had to cancel that again. So Ben was like, you just donated another $200 for uh, LSAC. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not scheduling any test until I can score, you know, pretty high in a PT. So, um, the students who I was studying with, they took, I think, uh, September and everything went well for them. I guess I can't really remember. They scored pretty high, you know, one sixties, one of the highest we scored was like one sixty one of the students. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna take October. October's coming around and I'm PTing prior to this, like two, the last two months, I'm like, man, I've been studying so long and four to five hours a day. I'm like, I should just chill out. I should just like do two hours here, two hours there. The second I did that, my scores literally went up like dramatically. I was stuck at a 159 and then I took a PT. I was at a 163. And then my last PT prior to the test, I scored a 167. And I was like, okay, wow, you know, I'm, I'm ready. I could, you know, with a 167 or mid 160, I could go to law school for free for schools I'm applying to. Now, I want everybody who's listened to this to note that my goal is not big law. So you shouldn't do what I did. My goal is to open my own firm in the future, but that's a whole other topic to talk about. So I was okay, 165 or something, give me a full ride. So I was okay, I'll take the test. October comes around and I heard, I'm hearing all these crazy proctor stories. You know, I have a bunch of double shots set up in my room from Starbucks and I'm telling the proctors, listen, don't, you know, don't pause a test. If you're going to pause it, please let me know. And I was being very like firm with them. They, they couldn't mess around basically. And my experience with proctor was the best experience I ever had. <laughs> they, they didn't, or they weren't even there. The only downside to it was maybe they dragged like five minutes or so when we were sw switching sections that happens. Um, unfortunately I get two reading comprehensions and I, you know, reading comprehension was just not my thing. I'm just not sure why till this day. And I could give advice on logic games and logic reasoning, reading comprehension was just not my thing. So I get two reading comprehensions. It was a first section and a last section. So my test started at, at, um, off as reading, a reading comp, logical reasoning, logic games, and then a reading comp again, finish my test. I knew I, I did pretty well. I'm like, okay, I, I for sure got over 160 and then I just went on about my day. So, you know, I didn't really study afterwards. I just couldn't, I was just so burnt out, you could say. So I was just chilling for a whole month or so or three weeks, however long you have to wait for the score. Uh, scores come out, it was a 163. I was like, okay, cool. So this was in October. And unfortunately I did the opposite of Ben and Nathan's advice, but it worked out to my advantage. Mm -hmm. um, so I applied. I think in December, I kind of neglected a personal statement for, I thought I was gonna write a personal statement a week. My story's a bit different. So I had many people read over it and, you know, I had to, you know, it was just a lot of, a lot of things I left out for last minute. So I applied December 1st uh, to four schools. So keep in mind, my conditions were, I wanna stay in Chicago. I was born and raised in Chicago. 
I don't want to work big law and my goal is not in a T14. So I applied to DePaul, uh, which I went to undergrad for. So I was fine going there. Uh, IIT Chicago, Kent and Loyola, Loyola, Chicago and uh, Northwestern. I'm not sure why I didn't apply to you Chicago. I just didn't think about it, I guess. Uh, so they all, it took a while. They all got, most of them got back to me by February, mid February, mm -hmm. actually. Uh, I received full offers, a full ride from DePaul. Part of it was that I went there for undergrad, but I think the scholarship was 80% before the undergrad stuff. And then Kent, I received like a 95% scholarship. I'd be paying 15,000 for three years. And then uh, Leola, I received like a 90% scholarship. I'd be paying 30,000 for three years. So I toured all of them. I liked Leola the most. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That's great. So you made exactly a 30 point improvement. You ended up, you've got a great offer on the table from a school that you want to go to. Um, and honestly, you touched on a lot of the, the, the big things that I was going to ask about. So that's great. Um, I wanted to come back to, you said that Dylan transformed how you saw logical reasoning. What do you mean by that? What was the change there? Yeah. So unfortunately, I'll, I, you know, I, I'll use another prep company and it was super mechanical. I, I can't remember half the words, you know, I forgot all the LSAT stuff you could say. Mm -hmm. I think they're saying, take the stimulus and then think of something else. And there's a gap between a stimulus and skip this question and that stuff. Yeah. And Dylan's like, we, we'd literally stay on online together for an hour doing one question. And he's like, no, think again, no, think again. And then I'm like, wow, you know, how come I never thought this way? And then I, you know, um, I, I think more in a rational way. I'm like, okay, wait, no, that doesn't work like that. Wait, that's a part, the whole flaw. Yeah, I know the answer, right? Even before going through the questions, I sometimes I'd even know what a question type if it was my my kind of day. So, thankfully, Dylan helped a lot with that. That's basically pretty much how it works. Also, I would always try to finish the entire section. So yeah. I think it was 20, 24 to twenty five, or I can't, can't remember twenty six questions. I'm like, okay, I got to get to twenty four. I got to get twenty five. He's like, no, you just got to chill out, you know, get the easy points out of the way. And then if you stop at 20 and you get a negative five, that's better than you going to 25 and getting a negative seven or eight, just, you know, just for rushing. So I think I even did that on a real test. Um, I'm pretty sure, I think a 163 on that test was scaled at a negative, I don't know, 15 perhaps. So I'm pretty, most, I'm pretty sure most of my um, wrong, my marks were from reading comprehension. So, cause logic using felt great. And in logic games, I'm for, I, I for sure knew I got a negative zero. Yeah. So overall, a, a couple big things stand out to me in the LSAT journey that you went through there. Um, we've been talking a lot on the podcast lately about when to know when you're ready to take the test and not taking it before you're ready. So I don't think we need to get into that too much. Um, but I think that your use of study buddies and of like leaning on people who are also on this grind with you, that seems to have been a really helpful thing. That's a good thing for folks to think about. Um, and I also like what you were saying about the, you know, thinking sometimes I need to take some people's advice with a grain of salt, right? I think it's super important to take the advice of people that you want to be like in some regard. And there are going to be so many people on your LSAT, but also in the bigger picture legal journey, they're going to have things to say and opinions on the decisions that you're making in terms of school and career and all that. And people should be careful to listen to the advice of people whose outcomes they would like to see for themselves. Yeah, definitely. I could touch on that actually, because that, yeah. that's one thing I suffered from. And, and I was telling people who are taking the LSAT right now, if your goal is a 180, you can't really ask me how to get to a 180 because I personally never got to a 180. If your goal is to get to a 160, you could, you know, you could ask me, but the problem with me, I was trying to get to, you know, 
while everybody wants to get to a 180, you can't lie to yourself. You want to shoot for stars. But, you know, like I said, this was enough to get me full ride. So I was go, I'd go and ask an attorney who got a 150, 155. But like, I was like, why am I asking this guy when he's never been to the area that I want to go to? Yeah. And then one day it clicked to me. I was like, you know what? I just got to, you know, focus on myself and perhaps only ask those who went above and beyond. Yeah. Omar, I think one of the big takeaways from your story is that you had a very clear vision. You still do of what you wanted, what you want to get out of your legal career and what you're actually aiming for here. And these things that you're touching on, like I wasn't interested in big law. I wasn't interested in leaving Chicago. I didn't need to be at a T14 school. That type of clarity is what helped you set the parameters for the goals that you had with your LSAT study. And that's part of how you've ended up with these outcomes that are really great and that are really great for you specifically and that are going to set you up well for your career. I think that's something really important for people to think about. Yeah, that, that's extremely correct. I don't want anybody listening to this right now and thinking, oh, you know, he got a 163 to a full ride at Leola. Well, chances are I'm probably not going to big law. And if I do, I'd have to be at the top of the class, which is I think top 10%. And a lot of other factors compared to going to, you know, for example, Northwestern or U Chicago in Chicago. But then again, no, uh, big law is not my goal. So please don't do what I'm doing if big law is your goal. If big law was my goal, I'd take another year off. You know, I'm going to be a KJD. So that probably affected my application. Um, I'm not sure, but don't just don't do what I'm doing because I had a clear cut picture of what I want to do. So if you're like, Oh, big law, you can't really have, you know, you really can't have asked a study process and like, okay, he, I could get a one, six, three and get a full ride somewhere. You, you definitely can, but you're not going to get, well, you, I can't say not, you might, or you might not, but chances are it's extremely slim. Yeah. But the, the way that I would say, in which people should be like you is in seeking out that clear vision for themselves. Cause it's so easy to stumble into this and being, Oh, I guess I'll just kind of try this law school thing. And it sounds cool to go to a, a, you know, big prestigious school, but you get the best outcomes when you go into it, knowing what you're looking for. Definitely. Um, Omar, do you have any final advice for people who are on this grind too? <laughs> you put me on a spot, but one, make friends with the demon, you know, it's, it's not, you know, your LSAT score is not curved, so it's not competitive. If you find genuine people like that, like I did, you guys are all going to succeed Two, you know, don't tell no one what you're doing, just work hard in silence. And then, you know, once you get the acceptances and stuff like that, you can show it to, you can show it off on LinkedIn. You could say, uh, three, just don't give up, you know, that's cookie cutter. But seriously, there's times where I was like, wow, why am I even doing this? Like it's, it's miserable. And part of it is my fault for studying so much and not doing, you know, less is more actually. So I should have done that in the beginning, but I learned so much about myself during this journey and taking the LSAT transformed the way I think that I'm actually glad I took the LSAT. Even if I didn't go to go to law school, I'm so glad I took the LSAT because like I said, it transformed the way I think. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody keep your head down, stay at it. Hustle, what is it? Hustle in silence, let your success speak the noise or something. <laughs> yeah, you got um, it right that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Thank you, Omar. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to um, ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school admissions news. Thank you for listening. 